God, we need you. We need you now. We've always needed you. And we're going to need you even more in the future. We thank you for this time to be together, for your Sabbath day, for all those that are here. And we just pray that your words would be my words. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, happy Sabbath. Praise team gets better every week, right? I'm going to get set up here. So, I thought it was interesting Howard said he had a tough week. Anybody else have a tough week? Good. Everybody had a great week other than Howard. <laughs> um, so my name is Jim Farlow, and I want to welcome everyone that's here. Welcome those that join us online. Um, it's, so, it's so cool to have a place where we can come, and everyone is welcome, and that's genuine. Um, you'll see me move around the congregation quite a bit, and that's intentional because everyone is welcome. No one should come into a church or a group of a fellowship of Christ, like-minded Christians, even if we're not like-minded, but Christians, God's people and not be spoken to and not made to feel welcome. That's what this church is all about. So when Celeste asked me to um, be great if I could preach during this quarter, trying to give Matt a much-deserved break, and I said, well, um, I would not call anything I could ever bring as a sermon, certainly not a preacher. You'll see that in just a few seconds. But um, the... Uh, yeah, I'll be, I, I, didn't, I didn't mind at all sharing some, some of my experiences and hopefully um, maybe a, a perspective on at least some things that I've kind of been, have been rolling around in my head. Um, so if you expect a sermon today, um, certainly like Pastor Matt or Pastor Costin, you know, it's hard to follow up to last week what Pastor Costin brought, but um, I'm going to try. Um, we have Mary Lee and Carrie and Celeste, along with many of the other church leaders, um, and I really enjoy getting like, you know, something something different from week to week. Matt certainly uh, always brings it and brings it hard, but you know, it's just um, I just don't want you to go home disappointed. So we're going to manage expectations. I'm just going to share and talk about some of the things that have been on my mind. Um, the title of today is Faith Opportunities Through Our Sufferings. And I thought it was really cool how, you know, having faith when everything is great, that's not really strong faith. So we'll get to something interesting about that. But it's not just through our sufferings, it's through unexpected life challenges. So I'm going to tell two stories of my wild week. I mean, this was one of the wildest. The first was there was a family emergency. We had a family emergency. So Thursday I get a call, and, you know, it's, it's, it's private. That's not the point, but there was something that had to be done immediately, and it was going to involve several uh, members of my family or our family. So it required getting in the car, putting, loading everything up, getting in the car and driving four and a half, five hours, taking care of something, bringing something very important to our family. 
home. And uh, so Thursday was about a 15-hour day at the last minute. But let me, let me, I guess where I'm headed with this is through that, as, I, as I've been uh, thinking about faith through challenges, getting prepared for what I wanted to talk about today, we, we left, there was no real problem getting there. We ran into some real problems when we got there that required some very creative thinking and lots of prayers, <laughs> thinking like, this ain't going to happen, and we're going to have to come back. And time was of the essence. So, but God is good. It worked out. We got it worked out. It took about three hours, three, three and a half, and then we headed back. So, you know, driving for 11, 12 hours straight in one day, that's no fun for anyone. But there were some, there were some good things that came out of it. Through all of that, those light, that life stuff and that what I would call uncertainty, you know, stress, um, anxiety, weariness, tired, irritable. There was a lot of really good things that came, and that's um, so that's that's the first thing. So that's Thursday, and unexpected. No one had planned it, but then I'm thinking. Whew, can't wait till Friday, man. Friday's going to be awesome. So took Friday off. Then uh, Kago, my son, he works um, where I used to work at a photography studio, works in the warehouse, and it's super hot, you know, crazy hot. And they had him go out on location, and it was super hot out on location. So he gets home, and I'm, you know, I'm like, hey, everything all right? It's kind of what we do. He has his Taco Bell. That's kind of his jam. And uh, he's got his Taco Bell. He's got his huge cold drink and he's like oh yeah dad you know we did this and we did this and we did this and I could tell you know I was like okay he's all right well then he goes upstairs and I hear him on this video game and he's laughing cutting up so I'm actually cutting up tomatoes for the lunch today and he comes down and I knew as soon as I looked up I was like something's wrong because he was white as a ghost and he says dad I need your help I'm like all right what's wrong okay and he's like I said, Isabel, okay? And he's like, yeah. He said, uh, I called 911. I said, what? What's wrong? And he said, my heart's just flying. He said, I, I feel like it's just going to beat out of my chest and my arm's numb. I was like, all right. So when you run into stuff like that, especially with, well, with anyone in your family, anyone in general, but with your kids, your brain just starts to process, like probably overdrive. And my first thought was, it'll take a bit for the ambulance to get here. So I said, Go out and get in the car. We live about three miles from the Cone Emergency Center up the street. And he did, canceled the ambulance, got him there, took him in. They put all kinds of tests, put him through all kinds of tests, things like that. And, you know, I'd ask him questions um, on the way and got him all settled in. And they probably had him in there within 10 minutes. And uh, they checked him out and checked him for everything. Uh, they thought maybe at one point, who knows, it could be food poisoning. Um, but what they determined, and I'd asked him, I said, how much water did you drink today? He said, one bottle. <laughs> I said, why? He said, well, I just didn't have my big bottle with me. And I said, okay. So Kago, he, he got out last, this, we got him there at 6. He got out at, um, I think we, were, we got home at 2.30. So he was there. Um, but I'm going to tell you something. You want to talk about faith and praying? 
but as, as I'm driving, as we're driving home, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, yesterday, my, I, I really needed God. We all did. And I needed God, and Susan needed God. Isabel needed God. For Kago, um, last night. So I think it does tie in with the lesson, and that's where I hope someone gets something useful out of what I'm going to talk about. But I can tell you, I, I got a lot out of it because studying for this, for what I think, trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about that anyone would even care about, I just kept in my mind thinking about faith, faith. And it's not just faith when things are good, it's faith when you're struggling. And so I'm going to jump in, and I want to read. I'm going to read some scriptures today. I'm sorry, I don't have any slides, but the um, what is faith? And I think um, the Bible clearly says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1. 1. So the unknown. It's having faith and trust in things that we can't see. And that's hard. Uh, the Bible has much to say about faith. When we place our faith in God, we believe that God exists and, it, and is of perfect and righteous character. God is good in all things. We trust that God's promises are true and believe that he will provide for those who seek him and put him first. God's greatest promise, this is key, God's greatest promise to us is that he will save the people from slavery of sin and death. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, it's Ephesians 2.8. So how do we grow in faith? I'm going to, I'm sure there's a lot of ways, but four, four ways that we can grow our faith have kind of hit me. I've, I've kicked them around this week, but the first is pretty obvious, Scripture. It's going to be hard to grow in faith if we don't put our, put our heads in the Word. And I think you'll find that the more we put our heads in the Word and think about the Word, apply the Word, not just, oh, that happened a long time ago. That's not important anymore. No, it's important. It's your roadmap. Start to apply those principles and say, hmm, you know, that's kind of, <laughs> what went on all those years ago is still going on now. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And that's Romans 10, 7. So meditating and staying God's word is one way we can grow our faith. We hear some crazy stuff about reading and Bible study. You guys ever hear anybody try to tell you how you're supposed to study? I uh, wrote some things down that I've heard, and I've heard it at churches, I've heard it at work, I've heard it from friends, but people will tell you when to read and how often to study the Scripture. People will tell you what books we should read and what books we should not read. They'll tell you which version to read. I mean, you want to get some people fired up, start saying, well, I read the New King James, or I read the New American, or I read, or you, there is no version except the King James. I mean, people are very passionate about that. And to a certain extent, for themselves, that's fine. But 
No one can tell you the version that you are required to read by God. No one. It's too personal and important of a choice to let someone tell you anything like that. Find the one you are most comfortable with and stay in it or maybe compare other versions with the version you prefer. I heard my dad tell someone one time when they asked him, uh, what's the most accurate version, Don? And he really, he really got me. His response was, um, that's between you and God. Or maybe just read them all. <laughs> Stay in it. Find the one that you're comfortable with. And, and seriously, I think comparing is a great thing, too. Sometimes I get kind of hung up if I'm reading one version, and it's like, hmm, let me take another look at that. Or you can look up a certain word that maybe you get hung up on. And you'll find that sometimes when it's rephrased or it's a different version, you'll get a clearer picture of really what that means. The key thing, though, none of that's going to work. None of that's going to be helpful unless you pray and ask that God show you what it means. Ask for the Holy Spirit to help you. And I love this one. <laughs> People will tell you what device to read your Bible from. Phone, iPad, laptop, Kindle, watch, hard copy, big Bible, small Bible, pocket Bible, New Testament only. We've heard them all. And people will say, oh, that's not, you shouldn't be reading the Bible on your phone. No, I mean, again, it's all about what you're comfortable with. Bible reading and study should be on your terms, and it should be between you and God. It should be enjoyable. You should be comfortable. It should be convenient and appropriate for you, not for the person sitting next to you. It's a God thing. It's a personal thing. So the second way we can grow our faith is through prayer. Morning, noon, and night, I cry out in my distress, and the Lord hears my voice. He ransomed me, he ransoms me and keeps me safe from the battle waged against me. Though many still oppose me, God, who has ruled forever, will hear me and humble them. And that's Psalms 55, 16 through 22 of the National Living Translation. You cannot pray too much. Has anyone ever heard the saying that your prayers are more for you than for God? Not sure I really totally agree with that. And I'll tell you why. Clearly, we gain much, much more, much that we need from constant prayer. But we know it pleases our God for us to take time to praise Him and recognize Him as the one creator. To give Him thanks. When we give him thanks, you don't think he appreciates that and that draws, you know, he, he, that's, he loves us. So when we thank him, and that's, that's, that is the way that I was taught by my father to start a prayer is give thanks. Thank you, God, for what you've done for me. We take time to share our day-to-day -day thoughts, needs, fears, experiences, successes, and failures. 
as a spouse or a parent, how does it make you feel when those we love take time out of their day to share? He wants us to trust in him enough to ask for things we need, but also things we want. Doesn't mean we'll always get them. But that's what God wants, and we want to please God. I have a close friend that we talk quite a bit, and I'll never forget. She, um, we were talking about praying and asking God for things, and we kind of got into the deep end about should you ever ask God for things that you just want versus things that you need and I said I think you asked you talk to God in general I mean for specific terms for everything what you need God I need this my family needs this God I want this and she uh she said well I want a sports car (laughs) I said well ask and you'll get one of three answers yes there's your car or no or maybe maybe wait but you also may find that when you ask for it, you may start to reflect and say, you know what, I don't really need a sports car. Number three ways that we, a way that we can grow our faith. Acts of kindness and serving others. This was one that really hit me this week because I probably don't do enough of that. Certainly, we try to be kind. We try to um, look after those that are in need. And, and sometimes just be nice and be kind and smile. You know, you look, pray for an opportunity to share what God's done for you or to share how special every single individual in this world is to God and also how important they are to you. And when you do that, what you start to see is you can see God in those people and that can increase your faith. And I know um, Marilee in this church, they do a great job. Um, and many other, many of you, I don't know all of your names, but in the serving of the needy, um, I certainly hope that when those in need that are homeless or even if they're just like down on their luck, you can tell, you can read it. You can read body language when people come in. You know that they're not, they're not doing so hot. I hope we always as a family make them feel welcome and serve them. Seeing those in need shows us our needs. Having the opportunity to help those in need shows us what type of God created us and builds our faith in God. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Continually serving others is a form of expressing our faith in and to God. And that's from Hebrews 6.10. Now, number four. (laughs) This is the not-so-fun stuff. We We can build our faith through challenges, disappointments, and suffering. But we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, 
And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And that's Romans 5, 3 through 5. This has always been an interesting one to me. Um, All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. You see, this is probably one of the most misunderstood verses in the Bible. All things will work together for good to them that love and serve God. However, it may not be seen until we reach heaven and obtain everlasting life. That's tough, because we're human. And I'm like, God, I thought you said all things work together for good. Why does my, does my daughter have cancer? Or why did my mom pass away? Or why did I lose my job? Why can't I keep my relationship together? Why do I lose my cool all the time? This is not working together for good. See, but we're humans. We, we cannot understand exactly what that means. There is so much more to that verse. It's an eternity. It's everlasting life. What we're going through right now is just the blink of an eye compared to God. He doesn't work under time. So when he makes a promise, don't ever feel like, well, I'm, this isn't working. And he told me everything was going to work together for good. If I trusted him, I've served him, I've done everything I could possibly do. And stuff keeps falling apart. So I'm done. God, I'll call you when, I, when, I, when I'm back to believing. That is a very, that's a very difficult work, verse to understand. But the only promise I would say or that we have is we will understand that one day if we follow it. And it will come together. Um, if, we are be, if we are being completely honest, it can be hard to think that way in terms of eternity we're human and fallen sometimes selfish sometimes impatient seeing only what we understand and can explain so I think at the very beginning we talked about trusting in God and having stronger faith and building your faith doesn't mean you have to explain everything it doesn't mean that you're, you need proof. You know. We know that God is faithful. And we know that regardless of what we face, we have to remain faithful because he loves us that much. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust and faith in you for you O lord have not forsaken those who seek you that's psalms 9 9 through 10 and uh i'm gonna tell a quick story of uh my grandfather and i know a lot of um i've probably told several of you i love talking about my family i mean my family they mean so much to me i was so blessed um, to land uh, i'm adopted so i landed a family that had strong strong roots in uh, Christ and the Lord and my uh, my great grandfather or my grandfather's father <clears throat> he was a strong Christian and uh, he had a stroke bad stroke and uh, when he was about 61 and uh, was paralyzed 
for about 14 years. And really, when people had those massive strokes back in that time period, they didn't typically live that long. So, I mean, that dude, like, suffered. And the family took care of him. And so my grandfather grew up watching that and prayed his whole life, God, please, I'll do anything, man. Just don't let that happen to me. Take me. If that's you, I mean, I'm ready to go. I'll be ready to go. I'll, I'll serve you, take care of my family. I'll be a witness for you. I'll be a missionary. I'll do anything, but just do not let me. I just cannot go through that. But sure enough, at age 63, hits him. And he goes through the exact same thing. Lives 12 years. And my mom and the other uh, eight siblings... They kept him at home, took care of him, which meant my parents getting up at 5 a.m. every morning, driving all the way to China Grove, Kannapolis area, about an hour away or so. And, uh, you know, or I'm sorry, they would, they would go in the evening and spend the night. They had a, a, a kind of a rotation, but then they'd get up at 5 a.m. in the morning and drive back so they could go to work. So that goes on for whatever, I guess it was, it was well over 10 years. And, um, but here's the key thing. My mom would get really, really angry when uh, Grandpa would watch um, the 700 Club. And, you know, all the Jim Baker and all the modern religious things. Because he, he had lived a whole, Christ, whole Christian life. And the stroke really, it changed him. I mean, he definitely kept his faith. But he became much more emotional. I mean, it really just not only affected him physically, but it affected his mental state. But he, um, my mom would get angry because they were preaching, God will heal you, and if he doesn't heal you, you have a lack of faith. I mean, think what that, that does to, to people that are going through that, because that's not always the case. So there's a lot of situations where God feels maybe, maybe I got something that that I can get to you and I'll allow this to happen. He allowed it to happen to Job. So there can be growth. There can be increase in faith. God gives us what we need. So yeah, I mean, I'll never forget how angry that made my mom. And then on top of that, same thing happened to my mom. <laughs> it was awful. You know, she, she, was, she only lived five years but went through the same thing. It was genetics. It wasn't just the diet, the, the, the terrible diet, because they were, they were dirt poor. But the, um, I'm going to close with um, Marilee. I know you're familiar with it, but Max Licato, I love this dude. I mean, he has the best things. I was reading, uh, I was reading a devotion, and what comes up on one, one of the days last week, the title's Faith. Isn't that cool? Like, I've been thinking about faith and how, what to, how to talk about faith all week. And then um, the verse here is pretty incredible. It says, We have troubles all around us, but we are not defeated. We do not know what to do, but we do not give up. The hope of living. We are persecuted, but God does not leave us. We are hurt sometimes, but we are not destroyed. <laughs> So we do not give up. Our physical body is becoming older and weaker. But our spirit inside us is made 
new every day. We have small troubles for a while now, but they are helping us gain an eternal glory that is much greater than the troubles. We, are, we set our eyes not on what we see, but on what we cannot see. And that's from 2 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 4. It's, several, it's, it's emerging of several verses. And the last thing I'm going to read, and then we'll let the praise team do their thing, but <clears throat> God says that the more hopeless your circumstances, the more likely your salvation. I mean, that is fascinating to me. So the more hopeless we are, sometimes that draws us closer to Christ. We recognize the need. We recognize, I can't do this. We recognize that, God, I need you. The greater your cares, the more genuine your prayers. The darker the room, the greater the need for light. God's help is near and always available, but it is only given to those who seek it. 